This is the Writing Crusade Daily NaNoWriMo Report. Hey guys, welcome back to the Writing Crusade Daily. This is NaNoWriMo day number two. And let's see, let's just get right to the numbers, uh, shall we? The word output for today is 1,712 words. That is still over the recommended daily average for a total of 3,453 words. And the first thing I wanted to do with this special report is I want to give you a little bit of uh, an excerpt, uh, kind of the the beginning of the story. And uh, just so you get the... uh, the feeling of, you know, what the, what the thing is like. (laughs) So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and just read this excerpt right here. I may podcast this, um, but I definitely do want to sell it (laughs) at some point. Um, this is, this is some of my best stuff. So, um, I'm without any further ado or babbling or muttering, I'm going to go ahead and read this. The first time I went to space was better. I wasn't tied up that time. Come to think of it, I was tied up that time, but that was something different. You know what? Never mind that part. Anyway, it was much better than the second time. The first time was all, see the solar system, serve your country, meet fun and interesting people, yada, yada. You know, you really learn to appreciate Navy food when you're not tied up in some corporate mining conglomerate's dungeon. Okay, it isn't a dungeon per se, just less comfortable than the last time. I really need to stop thinking about her. Or, I, did I say her? I meant that. I really have to stop thinking about that. See, I'm getting distracted, I said with a nervous chuckle. Ha ha. Oh, my name is Wit, by the way. Yeah, Wit. W-I-T-T. Really, it's Whitaker, Jack Whitaker, but I dropped the H in Wit for reasons, plus an extra T. Yeah, that's not important either. How about I just like the way it looks? Anyway, we're talking about the second time I went to space. This time. I guess I should start with why I came up the second time in the first place. I thought after the Navy, I would try my hand at being a merchant marine. I I don't know why they insist on using nautical terms in space. I guess the closest corollary for being crammed into a hollow metal tube while patrolling for troublemakers is an old earth sailing vessel. Could you imagine taking that long just to get across an ocean? Boggles the mind. I couldn't believe when I first heard that ships were once made of wood. Swear to God, the organic kind. Navy pay is crap. I spent four years crammed into the solar sailor venture and couldn't even pay for an apartment. So whatever, I'll go to space again, I thought. What could go wrong? Turns out, plenty. When you're in the Navy, they feed you, clothe you. You can bathe for the love of Pete. Three square a day in a clean, quiet bunk. But you gotta jump when they say jump and put your life at risk for king and country and whatnot. But we drilled all the time. I'm not kidding. Never saw any action, but we sure enough pretended to see a lot of action. When you're a merchant marine, it's actually worse, if you can believe it. They feed you, if you can call space porridge food, but they don't clothe you, and you are lucky if any of the crews bathe at all. Hell, the bathing facilities on your ship may not even work, let alone have anyone using them. You still gotta jump when some three-toothed, pot-bellied, grease-covered space captain says jump, You're lucky to find one clean blanket for your moth-eaten, paper-thin, piss-stained mattress. It's impossible to sleep for all the noise, and you still have to drill. At least a combat drill is interesting. 
These asinine safety drills will absolutely bore you to tears, and I swear, if I ever have to step inside a vac suit after Kowalski used it, I'm putting the bastard out an airlock. That's when the whole not bathing thing really lets you have it. Does it pay better than the Navy? Technically, yes, but how much you earn is dependent on how much time you spend in the aforementioned luxurious accommodations aboard the good ship Urinator. Don't ask. But yeah, three months at a time in space at least... Yeah, let's back that up. Uh, this this is how you do a, a, a read and you correct yourself. But yeah, three months at a time in space at least, and it's not like you can just quit. Nowhere to go but out the airlock. Could they put you ashore on a station? Sure, but then they can sue you for breach of contract, and how will you pay off? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, but then they can sue you for breach of contract, and how will you pay that off, I ask impertinently. You may not even see a paid shit for 13 months. So, terrible conditions, and you might as well not be getting paid. It's the worst job in the world, and people wonder why guys turn to piracy. Yeah, I said it. I'm a pirate. R. No, it's not what you're thinking. Nobody's got a prosthetic leg in one eye and says, shiver me timbers, except me, because it's cool. Not the leg and the eye part, just the... Well, anyway. I had to get out, man. Had to. I couldn't step into that vac suit one more time. Plus, Jenkins had it out for me. Never knew when he was going to make good on his threats. Turns out I'm a talker and honest, and people don't like honest, nervous talkers. Honest. What I am is a bit of a raconteur, or is it racketeer? Maybe both. I can't remember which. Anyway, most of these merchant vessels are shoddy operations like the one I was on, the SS Pukestain, and their accounting practices are even worse. Turns out you can skim a little product off the top in a port, count on some sloppy math somewhere, and hardly anyone's the wiser. You make a small investment with the local hands to sort of grease the skids, and voila, you're moving product from one hand to the next and making a tidy profit. Hang on a second. Door just opened. Oh, great. It's Hankins himself. He just stands there looking at me all smug. He said anything yet? He asks one of the guards. Barnes, I think. Nothing useful. Want us to rough him up some? Hankins looks at the guy sideways. I want to put him out in airlock. He looks back at me like I'm the piece of garbage here. But that's too good for him. Not very satisfying for me. Plus, I want my wife to see what happens to those who betray me. I want her to watch what I do to the bastard. Hey, I say, if anyone's the bastard here, it's you for how you treat Renee. Hankins loses the cold smile he let play on his lips. You don't get to call her by her name. Then he sighs. I guess he doesn't have to be in perfect condition before she watches him die. Sure, rough him up a little bit, but don't break him. Leave that for me. Roger that, sir, Barnes says and turns his beady eyes on me. Hankins starts to leave, but backs up and puts a finger into Barnes's chest. You make him bleed internally, it could spoil everything, you understand? Barnes looked disappointed. Yes, sir. Barnes looks me over after Hankins leaves, still disappointed. After a few seconds, he waves me off like a pesky fly. That's ah, not worth the risk, he says, and then he points at me. At least now you know I got permission to beat you if you run that mouth of yours, so pipe down. I shrug, but don't say anything. No sense getting my pretty face all roughed up. So yeah, about that first time. And that's that's your excerpt. <laughs> that's basically the first chapter. And uh, uh, the second chapter uh, that I worked on pretty much mostly today and kind of started getting into it yesterday, but um, got into it today. The first chapter really reads a certain way, like you just heard. And then things sort of change when... 
you know, we've got this guy who's sort of a Jack Sparrow piratey type. You know, he's got a personality. He's, you know, he's rough around the edges. He's got the sarcasm. He's got the whole thing. And the second chapter is all about Renee, all about the guy's wife, all about the relationship between the main character, Wit, and Renee. And so we really get into the story of the romance between the two and and I wasn't really I wasn't really going to go there when I when I first started getting into the story um and it talked about you know well I was tied up that uh come to think of it I was tied up that time you know but so it sort of give the idea that he was you know doing something kinky with some girl or whatever and it was, but it was really not much of anything and then just as I'm writing this thing it just sort of occurs to me ah well hey we've got some you know you just sort of when you're writing into the dark and you don't have an idea of where the story's going, you just kind of go where whimsy takes you. you you're letting your, your inner two-year-old play. And that's what I found so liberating. Like I talked in yesterday's episode about um, how, you know, I didn't know where it was going and, and just sort of, you know, I, I didn't have a preconceived outline. I didn't have something I was trying to get to and trying to work in and, and, you know, anything constraining myself because I'd already seen the movie in my head. Well, now the movie's playing out in my eyes, in my, in my eyes, in my mind as I'm going along and I need to adjust my microphone. So yeah, sorry about the thumping, but that's, yeah, sorry. Anyway, that's what you get for listening to the show. Um, really need a new mic stand because this thing, ah, here we go. This thing just keeps uh, falling down. Um, and my head just keeps dipping lower and lower and lower till I'm a hunchback. So where was I? Yeah, Renee. Uh, when romance suddenly shows up in your story, um, you know, I'm at, at the outset, if I'd thought about it critically, you know, let my critical voice in, I would have said, oh, this kind of doesn't go with the voice of the original, of, of the first little bit. But it does because a character should be a multifaceted person and you can still, you can be a sarcastic, you know, rascally rogue and still be in love with somebody. And I mean, I should know I'm a pretty rascally rogue if I do say so myself. Um, and yet I'm in love with my wife and, um, so it's just kind of we get into how did they get together? How did that happen? Uh, and it leads us up, you know, to a certain point in the story where we come back to, you know, piracy. And so as I'm writing this thing and I'm, and I'm imagining their relationship and I'm seeing uh, the Hallmark movie part of this book <laughs> play out, um, that's a, it's a little more racy than Hallmark, but n not a whole lot. Um, it, I, I began to see other things take shape in this story and how it's going to come back around to all this and how it all fits together. And, and that happens as you're writing into the dark. You just see, you, you trust your creative voice is going to go somewhere fun and it, it's not going to be filler. You know, Dean Wesley Smith talks about, you know, in the 80s when he's writing ghost novel or ghost writing novels and tie-ins and things and there was this inevitable filler part, a side quest that you go on that takes up space in the book so they can sell more paper uh, 
and then you work yourself back around to the main plot. You eventually get back to the point of the book. And in this case, you're writing into the dark. You're not writing filler. You're actually writing the stuff that entertains your brain, that uh, it's your inner two-year-old playing, which I said before. And, and Dean Wesley Smith talks a lot about overcoming creative, uh, overcoming creative voice, Whoa. overcoming critical voice and letting the creative voice just play and just letting it go. And you're not worried about where it's going. You're not worried about meeting some arbitrary plot thing that you've already preconceived, you know? Um, and it's so, so freeing to not even have an idea where you're going. Even to sort of just discover, oh, what genre is this going to be even? Don't even know. So anyway, um, that's where things stand today after day two of the NaNoWriMo. And uh, I guess this episode length is about the same. So uh, hopefully I'll see you. Well, no, I'm not going to say hopefully. I'm going to say that I commit to being back here tomorrow with yet another update and at least 1,666 words tomorrow uh, for NaNoWriMo Day 3. So there we have it, and I'll see you tomorrow.